This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show. Today, we'll be talking to Jim Pillsbury. Jim is a property inspector in the Bay Area and has over 14 years of experience. He comes from a construction background and has seen it all. Jim will go through the inspection process with us and he'll tell us what he looks for. He'll also give us some tips for when we go looking out for our own properties. Enjoy. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know who you are and how did you get into real estate? My name is Jim Pillsbury and I have a home inspection business. I've been doing it for almost 14 years. And prior to that, I was a general and remodeling contractor for 14 years. And prior to that, I I was in the carpenters union and I went through a formal apprenticeship and I did that for 10 years. I did five years of residential, five years of commercial work. So it's like I've always been in the same trade around houses, around buildings and everything for several years. I love to build, but I love doing the inspections far more because of all the interesting people I get to meet too. So my wife suggested that I start doing home inspections because we were just getting ready to go through all that bank stuff in 2007 and 2008. And she suggested it. And then I have a friend that uh, he's a termite inspector for Kilroy and he suggested the same thing. And I basically said, I didn't want to do home inspections. I started doing them and it was like, oh, this is, this is not for me. That was like my first one. The second one I did, this real estate agent was doing a flip and he did it. There was nothing done correctly. It was all out of code and just flagrant code violations. And I called him. He goes, oh, you can't put that on the report. I said, you have to put everything on the report. You have to disclose everything. He goes, oh, you can't put that on there. And I guess I said, so I ended up becoming an advocate for the buyers. And I can't tell the buyer not to buy that property. I could say, look at the report and make your own decision. But five minutes after that inspection, they called me and they said, hey, um, what would you think of that house? And I said, well, there's so many code violations on there. You can spend like $3,000 just repairing everything that he did. So that's how the Reader's Digest version. Very cool. So who are your typical clients now? Uh, Buyers and sellers. A lot of people have no contingencies. So I go in and do the inspection after the contingencies. They're typically as is, and they want to know what their issues are and what they're going to have to deal with to get it livable or to rebuild it or whatever they're looking at doing. Okay. And then there's a lot of people that um, have lived in their houses for 30, 40 years or more. They're like, oh, we need to get an inspection so we can find out what's going on. And so I'll do a home inspection. And anytime I do something like that, I always tell them that they need to get a termite too. Mm -hmm. And how are they finding you? I have a website and I have a lead service and everything like that. And I work with several real estate agents. A lot of referrals are word of mouth and through family members, through agents, through friends. You know, I work very hard to get referrals and to make everybody happy and do the right things on the inspection and and go from there. Very nice. So it's basically a one-man team. Do you have other people supporting you as well? No, it's just me. Okay, very nice. So I was wondering if you could walk us through an inspection. So imagine you go to a house, you know, what do you do? Nine times out of 10, I go up to the house early. And I'm typically there about a half hour before the inspection, before the buyers are there, before the agents or anything. And I walk around the property and just get a feel of the house and everything like that. Look at the age, looking at the panel, look at you know just the overall condition. Because I came from a building background, I'm always looking to see if they've did, done a room addition or they're doing stuff in process. 
looking at the grading, looking at the exterior. When the people show up, I'm starting to form a picture of what I'm looking at and what I'm going to walk these people through when I get inside the house and everything like that. So are most home inspections with um, the person who, who hired you? You walk them through and you do an inspection with them? Or do you kind of just do your own thing? Sometimes it's with them. Sometimes it's with the agent. Sometimes it's with nobody. Uh, the people ask if they're if it's okay if they're there, and I said, yeah, it's fine. I'd I'd actually prefer it if they're there, because if there's any issue, I can tell them right on right on the at the time of inspection. I could say, oh, this is what I found, and walk them through it. I mean, I'll give them a call after the inspection and tell them what's going on. But when I get done, you know, if it, if it's something major, you wanna you wanna tell them first and in real time so that they're they're not like completely shocked or anything like that a lot of times i do them for banks and i give them a summary and stuff but i never even meet anybody or anything like that so but most of the time it's with the agent and the buyer and i'll usually do a walkthrough with the, the clients and, and do that and they said everything that i'm telling you in this walkthrough will be on the report mm -hmm. can you go back to the walkthrough so once you're inside the home what is your typical plan you start in one direction and i go in a clockwise direction and walk around the house check the doors windows plumbing i check the electrical panel if it's there uh check gates ac compressor i'm looking at the the stucco or siding i'm looking at the windows uh starting to assess the, what the grading's like on the property is grading like how much has a slope as you're walking through yeah well if you're like if it's raining and there's water running towards the house oh okay instead of running away from it mm -hmm. That's a good, you know, that's a sign right there. They're, they're probably going to have water in their crawl space and in their uh, basement area or some sort of foundation moisture condition or something like that. And so when you say um, you're checking plumbing, are you just like turning on the faucets and stuff? I'm locating like where the main water shot off is, mm -hmm. the gas meter, electrical panel, because some, a lot of people are first time home buyers. They've never, they never know where this stuff is. I go, they sell a little wrench at Home Depot or Lowe's that you can put right next to your gas meter to shut it off in case of an earthquake. Walk them through stuff like that, how to turn off the power if they need to, how to turn off the individual breakers if they want to turn it off for like on a sub panel or something. Instead of turning off the whole house, they just want to turn off one of the bedrooms or something like that. And then I walk inside, go through the appliances, check all that, check the plumbing, check the electrical, turn the heater on, turn it off, turn the air conditioner on if it has it open and close the windows, checking the floors, checking to see if the house is level. And when you walk in, there's not a, there's not like a slope to like one side of the house or to the front or to the back, checking to make sure the doors open and close correctly. Looking at like if they've installed stuff, I'm looking at the quality of the work that's been installed, how they've done it. The people that do it, if they knew what they were doing on, you know, they're installing a kitchen and they install the, the appliances incorrectly then I'm like, oh, this is not done correctly. I'm looking at the bathrooms, the toilets, looking for water mold, mildew issues, checking the GFIs. On the older houses, it doesn't, they don't have GFIs. They have the two-prong outlets. I make a note of that on the report. And they're all, why is that such a big issue? And I, because, because those plugs aren't grounded. So you go out and spend $4,000 on a brand new HD TV, you get a surge or something like that, that's, that plug's not grounded, that TV is gone. New computer, gone. So you know, make them aware of what some of the uh, different aspects of the, the process is. So, you know, some people don't know anything about changing filters for the heater. They don't know how to access the filter. They don't know about the uh, water heater. You go out, show them how to turn on the, the temperature and everything like that. Tell them how to run the heating and the air conditioning. It sounds, you know, sounds very basic, but some people don't even know how to do that. And, it's, and you just walk them through and 
I, I give them a chance to answer questions, not only on the inspection, but after the inspection. And the people called me six months later, goes, I don't know how to do this. And I go, oh, this is how you do it. And when I was coming up, my, my uncle is a general contractor. And he'd always tell me, he goes, the dumbest question is the one you don't ask. Mm-hmm. That's so, true. And I try to pass that on to, to my clients. Sometimes there's agents that don't know about the stuff. So I help them too, just guide them through it and try to make it a good inspection for everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's why I wanted to have you on because there's a lot of things that you know that is like probably super, super basic for you. But then someone like me, I would have no idea. Like I have no idea about a lot of things you talked about too. Um, you know, growing up, I, I never did any work. <laughs> we always hired out all the work and now I feel kind of bad because now if there's something wrong with my house, I can't fix it. I need to hire someone else to fix it for me. It's good to know these things. My brother and myself were fortunate because we did all the stuff on my parents' house growing up. Our stepfather, he was he grew up like on a farm, so we always did the fences. One friend that was a cement contractor, so we used to pour sidewalks. We poured all the sidewalks and stuff at my parents' house. You know, cut down trees, cut down branches. My real dad, I used to go up and uh, trim trees up in Paradise Irrigation, Irrigation District with him in the summers, and you know, so it was all like hands-on experience for everything so and i don't think i don't think a lot of people get that these days or it's more in the technology and everything like that and yeah i just interviewed my friend yesterday he's an electrical contractor and he's telling me that people these days don't want to use their hands to work you know they want to go into like coding or something I mean, which is good for them but it's just hard to find people who know what's actually going on uh there's a people there's a problem with the focus on the technology and they don't want to get their hands dirty or anything like that they just want to have someone come out and do it Mm-hmm. When when I grew up, if you had a flat tire, you knew how to stop and change it. If your radiator hose blew, you know how to repair that on the side of the road with some some duct tape. And it's just very basic stuff, but stuff can can get you from point A to point B without being stuck in the middle of nowhere. And then like working on your own stuff, you know, you get an appreciation for what goes into building the house or whatever structure you're working on or anything like that. Yep. It's a very useful skill to have. Let me ask you another question. When you're walking through a home, what are some common issues that you see typically in the Bay Area? Well, first thing I'll notice is if there's a there's been a room addition done. If I notice where the house is pretty cut up and they did like a, a job doesn't flow into the room, into the next room, you go, oh, they did a, a room addition here and I'll, it'll stand out like a sore thumb. And I'll go, okay, what's going on? Well, as soon as I see that, it, it piques my interest and I'll when I get up in the attic, I'm looking at the framing up there in the attic. Or when I'm down in the crawl space, I'll see if they, you know, I can tell you in about two seconds if they did it with, with permits or without permits. Mm. I'm looking at craftsmanship issues, you know, putting in floors. If there's like large gaps or there's humps in the floor where they doubled up the, the vapor barrier underneath it. When I was contracting, I used to do my own electrical, my own plumbing, as well as framing and stuff. So I look at I look at that stuff really closely. And sometimes I'm like, what did you guys do? Go to Home Depot and get a video on on doing electrical work. And you know, they they're like, "Oh, you're just being funny." I go, "No, this is this is a fire issue." Thanks. And and you know, you know, telling them I'm not trying to be like a jerk or anything, but I'm just saying, "Hey, this has got to be done correctly cuz you're going to you're going to flip this house and if the wiring's not done correctly the first thing they're going to look at is my report and if it's on there they're going to come after you yeah 
and and it's it's that it's that basic and that and that's what i what i look for and uh you know some people do a great job cosmetically then you get up in the attic or in the crawl space and it's like going whoa what's going on here mm-hmm. you know and it's like you know do the if you're going to do the flips do them correctly save yourself a headache because um i'll tell you one story i did a home inspection for a guy in redwood city and it was uh about two and a half years ago up on the hillside pouring down rain the they got a brand new driveway and they share a driveway with two other houses so the driveway was about 400 feet so i probably spent about sixty thousand dollars for the driveway all new siding on this house you go in the house is done beautifully and um the cabinets were all top of the line you know it was all the marble counters nice appliances bathrooms were beautiful inside was just gorgeous so they got this new driveway the house is gorgeous on the outside and inside i get up on the roof and they they went and they put a a composition roof over the top of a shake roof hmm. so they're asking like 1.7 million for this house and the first thing they're going to have the people buying the house are going to have to get a they're going to have to get a brand new roof so that was the first thing i saw that just driving up the driveway uh when i got in the crawl space they had three sump pumps going and they had signs of, of foundation repairs that were done it goes oh yeah we pulled a permit to fix all this and i said okay they fixed two corners of the house that were opposite of each other i go but what about the other two corners and he, they looked at me and i go if you're going to do the foundation if you're there do the whole thing because you're gonna you're going to end up coming back and spending another thirty five thousand dollars just to do the other two sides when you were already there and 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 done the cost you could have you could have done half the driveway and got all your foundation stuff done my agent lost that sale and then i still did several inspections for him and every time he goes oh he was he was like i lost this big job and he he, and he kept telling me this and telling me this that i lost the job for him and I finally, one day we're, we're doing an inspection and he was telling the story. And I finally said, you know what? You lost the job, but I saved you from a lawsuit because they would have had to put like $70,000 into that place to repair the roof and f- finish the foundation. And then he goes, oh, you're right. I didn't even think of it like that. His clients got mad and found another agent. I didn't want him to lose the money, but I didn't want the people to to be stuck in a house where they're you know they're going to be making a huge mortgage payment and then have to be stuck with a replacing the roof and doing the foundation work it wasn't i wasn't trying to be vindictive or mean i was just saying you know just trying to be honest and forward with everybody and yeah i mean no one likes to be sued yeah it's no fun so but what about for like older homes like that's not repaired a 30 year a home that's been owned for 30 years by someone I'm sure there's a lot of issues that are very common amongst homes in the Bay Area. Uh, plumbing is one. So what's wrong with the plumbing? It's old. It's typically galvanized plumbing, and it's starting to corrode and starting to leak. And uh, the sure sign that you have uh, galvanized is that you go in, in a house and turn on the water, and the water comes out orange for about the first minute, and then all of a sudden it clears up. That's galvanized plumbing because the water calcifies inside the line and it starts, turns the water orange or brown. Cast iron 
waistlines. Same thing with the galvanized, they start rusting and start just basically literally falling apart in place. The electrical, you go back, like houses that are built in the 1900s, they have knob and tube wiring, they have fuses, or they have electrical panels that, there are three brands of panels that have issues are Zinsco, Federal Pacific, and ITE Bulldog, and they were prone to fires. But when they were building these houses, they put in these these panels thousands upon thousands of houses. They used to put aluminum wiring in the houses in the 70s, and they found out that it would get hot and it would shrink and then it would break off and then you'd have a fire where that would happen, either in that box or somewhere inside the house. People doing joining copper to aluminum was another issue. Uh, then you have lead, asbestos. Asbestos to drop dead date was 1980. So anything from the 40s until late 70s had asbestos in it. The earlier homes had lead in the pipes and then you had lead in the paint and everything like that. And we don't see it too much here in California, but um, I get people from back east and their first inspection they want is a radon inspection. And they say, oh, we don't, we don't have an issue with radon. We don't have an issue with radon out here in California, but we have pockets of it up out in the East Foothills, Santa Cruz Mountains. It's more prevalent down in Southern California, but we still have it. I used to do all of, um, not all of it, but I used to do a lot of radon inspections for U.S. inspects. Nine times out of 10, they, uh, the tests come out negative, but I was doing an inspection on the east, east side over off of um, like Alum Rock over there. And I walk in there and this guy's got like a, he had a pump coming out the side of his house. I go, oh, we must have a high efficiency heater. And when he had like a, a partial basement because he was on a hillside and I walk in there and he had, he had a radon pump and everything set up for mitigation. He told me that their neighbor, like three houses over, passed away from lung cancer. And that's one of the leading causes. Radon is a leading cause of lung cancer. That's some of the stuff you run into. And I say it jokingly, but you walk into these houses and people, there's always like somebody in their family that knows how to do some sort of construction. And I call them Uncle Joe. And they go out there and they, they, they do a room addition without permits but they didn't tie it in correctly. They didn't do the foundation correctly or the electrical or plumbing. And you're looking at it going, wow, it's just stuff like that. And that's what I look for. Well, I know in the Bay Area, there's a big like foundation issue. Do you guys see that often? Well, there's foundation issues, but the big, the majority of problem is a soils issue. Okay. Yeah. What's up with that? And uh, this area has got a lot of clay. We get the double whammy. We have clay and we're also on a seismic, seismic area. And we're right next to the Hayward Fault. So uh, areas like Milpitas, Fremont, Pleasanton, Dublin, Livermore, they have all that stuff going on. Foundations are either age, how well it was built, or things never corrected. After 19, after 1989 earthquake, they people released the engineers and Simpson got together and they decided that we're going to have to really upgrade these foundations. They started building these uh, what they call post-tension slabs. When they put in the foundation, they put in cables every two feet in each direction that are inside of a plastic tube. They pour the concrete and after it cures at 30, 28 days, they'll come back and tighten it to 3000 pounds per square inch. So basically makes the, the foundation a very, like a unified foundation. So it's not, it's all tied together. It's all under pressure and everything like that. The foundation, you know, it's either, it's either seismic soil or not adequate drainage 
when you're doing the when you're building you have to you have to plan for it and a lot of these houses when they were built they didn't do a soils report and it wasn't taken into consideration when they they built these places and then all of a sudden their floor is heaving or something and they're like oh we we have an issue you should build the house with that in mind instead of coming back 30 years later say oh now we have to do some major foundation stuff to to cure an issue that should have been taken care of in the first place so if I walk into a new property and I see a crack, I heard like, you know, if it's just straight vertical or straight horizontal, then it's okay. But if it's like spider webbing and like diagonal, then you have a problem. You know, on some of the cracks, they'll give you up to half inch in width. Half inch in width, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's on a foundation. If you have a half inch crack that's horizontal on a foundation that's over four feet in length, that's an even bigger issue. And that's when you're going to be calling a structural engineer or a foundation repair contractor. Uh, the diagonal cracks is another sign, like coming from your doors and windows. Mm-hmm. That's one sign you're having an issue that your doors don't open and close. Or for instance, you have a sliding glass door that goes out to your back patio and you it opens fine and all of a sudden you're about a foot into it and it like stops and you have to push on it really hard. Feels like there's a hump in the floor. There's a hump in the floor. So that's what that's doing. You're walking in a house and it's leaning to one side or something like that. Or you walk in this house and you walk in, there's a high spot or there's a low spot and you you feel like you're you're rolling to side to side. Those are those are signs of foundation or soils issues. Nice. That sounds like my house. <laughs> that's what I, I'm looking for when I'm walking in. So to clarify, if you see a vertical crack or a horizontal crack. They're all bad. Like there's no, okay, this is regular for our area. Well, there's, if, if they're like, if they're like less than a 16th of an inch, sometimes you get them, sometimes you get a crack in sheetrock that's vertical or horizontal, but that's on a seam where they, they put, they have two pieces of sheetrock coming together and they didn't seal it correctly. So you have a, you have like a crack in the sheetrock. That's very typical. But if, if you're having the sheetrocks, pulling off a wall or your stucco is pulling off the wall in chunks and hanging by the lath. That's a completely different thing. Right. And how long does your usual inspection take? Standard inspections right around, right around 90 minutes. Okay. But I've had, I've had others that have been, um, I did one that was uh, seven hours one time. It was a huge house. It's like a 12,000 square foot house and it had several attic spaces and three different crawl spaces and nine or 10 bedrooms or something like that. And so it was just you in a giant mansion for seven hours. Yeah. Nice. And the real estate agent walking back and forth. Are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? I'm like, really? (laughs) All right. So when you're down there in the crawl space, you're basically looking for foundational issues as well as seeing the plumbing is done correctly. I'm looking at foundation, electrical plumbing. The other thing that people do when they do like a remodel or anything like that is they leave all the residual construction debris in the crawl space anything that's cellulose debris anytime you get a termite report they said they, they found cellulose in there well that's residual paper products wood that's where termites can can nest and that's where they start looking for places to start laying eggs and start coming into the house either the drywoods or the subterraneans subterraneans will start crawling up the walls to start seeing tubes and everything like that you're looking for all that stuff you're walking in the, the moment you walk on the inspection, you're you're just focused on the whole house. You're looking at 
everything as a unit and and then everything as an individual aspect and and then going from there do you have any like horror stories of things you've seen going to a house i did this one where uh this guy calls me and he goes oh do you have are you certified to go yeah this is my certificate and he goes oh are you do you have insurance I go oh yeah i gave him all my stuff and they had this this guy do a like a room addition new kitchen new bathrooms put some skylights in the work was so bad I'm just like, wow, I'm actually going to start laughing because the work is so bad. <laughs> and this guy put in a new kitchen. Well, these they had a, you know what a farmhouse sink is? Yep. They put one of those in. Well, when you order a farmhouse sink, they make the cabinet specifically for that sink. This guy just took a sawzall and cut the existing cabinet and set it in place. The electrical was done completely wrong. And then when I got in the crawl space, when you when you tear down walls, some of these walls are called bearing walls and they're carrying a load from either a second story or from the roof or something like that. Well, if you start cutting out these walls, you have a chance of causing walls to cave in or a second story to sink or something like that. And this guy took out a, one complete bearing wall and then there's nothing in the attic or in the crawl space to, to carry that weight. And I was looking at all this stuff and then I got up on the roof and he put in a skylight it was on a composition roof. And when he put it in, when you put in the roofing to tie it back in, you blend it back in. So it looks like it was blended. Well, he took, he cut like a square box out of the roofing material, put in the skylight, cut out the opening for the skylight in the roofing material, put it back down, cocked the seams where it was going. And I'm looking at all this stuff and the owner comes up and I go, did this guy pull a permit? And this gal goes, well, he said he did. And I go, well, he didn't. And I go, did you check his license? She goes, well, we work with this guy and he was recommended and he does a great job. And, and I said, I go just out of, just for, you know, just for the heck of it, why don't you check his contractor's license and you can go to the, you know, www.cslb.ca.gov and pull up anybody's license and uh, check out what's going on. But this guy was using a license that had been not in use since 1987. And he was using this guy's license that hadn't even been in, in business for like 14 years. The guy didn't pull permits and he was asking me more questions about my certifications insurance. The ones he should have been asking his contractor is if the guy pulled permits and was a licensed contractor and everything like that. That was probably one of the biggest ones that I saw. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, wow. And I go, you guys actually paid for this. Wow. Yeah. It's sad sometimes when you get swindled by someone. Yeah. And, and it was, we need to talk to him. And I told him the whole process to go through getting it taken care of. And what do you think is something that investors or new homeowners need to know that they probably don't? Uh, they should go into the the purchase with eyes wide open. I've done, I do house inspections on new homes and I find stuff on new homes. I did one for uh, several houses in Gilroy where they were, the builder was, had an issue with the shower pans in the master bedrooms and they were cracking and leaking and they were trying to hold them off until uh, their one year warranty was done. And then they would, they could put them off on fixing it. And these people were getting ready to do a class action suit against the builder. So it's just, like I said, go into the, going into the purchase with your eyes wide open, do your homework and, you know, hire somebody that, that knows what they're doing. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hire anybody that for home inspections that didn't have any building background, but there's some that are doing, they do a great job, but just because the fact they've gone to all the schools and got all the certifications is just, you know, being awake during the process, ask questions and double check. I mean, you can go to the, you can go to the city 
or the county and go to the hall of records and you can pull up any property address if they've had work on there you can have you can have a copy of all the permits and any work done on that house a lot of the real estate agents i know that do this when they come out to the house they go oh we, this was permitted in 1974 they have all that stuff they only go back like 11 years on the records but if you can't find it online you can go down to the actually county and go into the records and pull up the APN number and they'll tell you what exactly they'll have the the plans sometimes there and they'll let you know if anything is has ever been permitted or whatever and it's just like going in going in with your wise your eyes open and everything like that sometimes also when people buy houses you go in there and there's a foundation issue and all of a sudden some people are like oh my god and they're you want to bring an oxygen tank to them and hand it to them and they're like ah. i go wait no, let me let me explain this to you this is what you're going to have to do this is the process and explain the process to them when if i think if they know in they go in knowing and they have an idea what it is and it's not so it's not so frightening but if you go in and you go in there and say oh by the way sean i that last house i looked at you've got thirty thousand dollars worth of foundation work you know how are you gonna how are you gonna re react to that you're gonna be like going, um, uh, gee, or you go in there and I go, I found this, this is, and I found this in the crawl space or this is what's going on. I go, this is a, a big issue, but this is how you can repair it. I can't give you a exact quote, but this is like the ballpark area that you're gonna be looking at so that they're prepared. You know, if you're going into an old house, this is what you're going to expect. If you're going into a house like an old Victorian, that's never been touched, you're gonna to be looking at electrical, plumbing, some of the houses never had foundations they were all earth contact you know so you're going to spend if you're going to put that thing on a, a a brand new perimeter footing you know your 70 eighty thousand dollars to shore up the house put in the footings do that plumbing probably twelve thousand electrical this is on a house probably three thousand square feet so you're going to have hundred thousand into that and i think just being aware of the cost and everything like that helps people you know, gauge their reactions and everything like. So it sounds like even if there's a problem, it can be fixed. You just have to be cognizant of how much it's going to cost to fix that problem. Yeah, I had a, I had a gal that was a doctor and I told her stuff and she started like, she started like, like crying and I'm like, oh my God. And it, it was, it was a, a bigger issue, but it wasn't like a humongous issue. And I told her, I said, this is what's happening. And I finally looked at her and I said, I said, you're a doctor. I go, I just gave you a diagnosis for your patient. This is what it's going to take to do it. And all of a sudden she like stopped crying and, and, you know, just like threw her shoulders back and started looking at it pragmatically instead of like going, oh my God, I go, I know it's a big thing, but this is how you can fix it and, and go from there. And when I explained it to her, you know, she wasn't panic stricken and, but you know, she was aware of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Speaking of foundation, is there a difference between like a concrete slab versus cross space style? Because I know like when I buy properties and if they're concrete slab, they're such a pain in the butt to work with. Well, they're cheaper to build than a crawl space. They're quicker to build. Yeah, they're a pain in the butt for flooring and everything like that. Running your plumbing. If you want to remodel a bathroom and you want to flip flop the toilet and the shower, you have to cut open the concrete. They're better um, insulation wise because you don't have a draft coming up through the floor. Sometimes they sit better through a earthquake. Sometimes the crawl spaces do it. I've been in 
several Victorian style houses that have had none of the foundation upgrades and they're still straight and the door's still open, the windows open and go from there. Okay. So it's just preference. And some people have a hard time on, on slab foundations because you're always walking on concrete and it's hard on people's backs and knees and everything like that. Really? That makes a difference? Yeah. If you're, if you're walking on concrete all day, it's just, it just takes a toll on your back and knees. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's all the questions I had for you today. Where are you usually serving? What part of the Bay Area do you serve? Uh, I go from, uh, I go Santa Clara County, San Francisco, San Benito, San Mateo, uh, Alameda. I do parts of Contra Costa. Contra Costa. Um, I do stuff in Hollister, Salinas, Pacific Grove, Santa Cruz all the time. So all over the Bay Area. Jeez, that's good, like two-hour radius, right? Yeah, I've done. I've done. Uh, it's been about three years, but I did a a 265 unit apartment building down in Huntington beach. Wow. Nice. And that was fun. Well, you could go to LA, have fun at the beach. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. For sure. So how can people get in contact with you? Uh, they can go to my website at triple a inspects.com www.tripleainspects.com. Uh, my cell phone is 408-839-2467. And I'm always checking my phone. I'm always checking my emails and stuff. So even cool. when I'm on vacation, I always try to answer everybody's calls and everything like that. So, so could they text you at that number too? Yes, sir. Okay. Very cool. All right. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. You definitely shared a lot of information. I'm sure a lot of people will learn something new. All right, Sean. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Here are some of the key takeaways that I got from speaking with Jim. Buy with your eyes open and make sure you get a property inspection by someone who has a construction background before you purchase a property. The Bay Area has a lot of foundation issues due to clay in the soil and the fact that we're near a fault line. And watch out for unpermitted work that was done by the previous owner because it could have been done incorrectly and may cost tens of thousands of dollars to fix. Remember, the dumbest question is the one that you don't ask. Thanks, and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second, and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks, and have a great day.